Perhaps I could just, at this point then, read the Scriptures. Uh, Turn over to the book of Philippians. Let me read from Philippians chapter 3. We thought last night of the words, Paul says, For I know in whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. And here's another part of the uh, Apostle Paul's testimony as it's contained in the Scriptures. Philippians chapter 3, and we'll take time to, to read 10 verses. Finally, my brethren, Rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he were off, he might trust in the flesh, I'm more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And to count them but dung, that I might win Christ. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, be made conformable unto his death. Amen. We know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Well, let me take the opportunity tonight to welcome to our pulpit the Reverend Larry Parr and his dear wife Elaine. We do thank them for coming uh, this evening and we appreciate uh, making the effort to come all the way from Kesh up here uh, to Caridoff. We do welcome them uh, and we trust and pray the Lord will help the Lord's servant as he testifies to the saving and keeping power of Jesus Christ. We do welcome the Reverend Larry Parr, and we're looking uh, for his ministry just in a moment. Just want to say, it, uh, mother-in-law's here, and uh, we told her uh, the, this morning, um, wanted to know, who, who is it tonight? Uh, and Rosemary told, him, told her, it's the priest. And she said, well, is he converted? Is he saved? <laughs> so there you are, brother. That's some introduction for you. God bless you. Thank you. Well, I thank your brother David for his kind words of welcome, and uh, very glad to be here tonight. My first time to carry off this part of the country. We got a little bit lost, but uh, we found you all right, and we're delighted to be here uh, tonight for your meeting and to share a word of testimony. And our sincere congratulations also to our brother David on his uh, 20th anniversary here of his installation 
and his ordination here in the congregation. I want to thank our brother too, for we've known each other for a long time, and uh, great encouragement to us over the years when we're down in Corrigari, himself and brother Sammy, because they came every year and were a great help to me with the distribution of our calendars, uh, our Bible calendars that we used at the Ploughing Outreach, and we covered uh, large parts of Monaghan, Monaghan Town, and Clonus, and Cavan as well. And he came, himself and brother Samuel came many, many years, a long drive, and a great help to us, and uh, we thank him for that. I want to read a portion of scripture tonight, just a few verses from the book of Acts. The book of Acts and the chapter 4 and the verse 10. Acts chapter 4 and the verse 10. Acts chapter 4 and the verse 10. Acts 4 and verse 10, Be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you hold. The man, of course, are referring to, we read of back in the chapter 3 and in the verse 2. That is, when Peter and John went up to, together uh, into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. That's the man that Peter here is referring to, that was wonderfully and gloriously uh, restored again and healed by the power of God. And he's answering the Sadducees here and, and those opposed to them. It wasn't by their power, but it was by the power of the risen Savior. This man was restored. Then we read in the verse 11, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is uh, become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We'll end our reading there, and we trust the Lord will bless his word to our hearts tonight. Let's just bow briefly in a word of prayer. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank thee for our meeting here tonight. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy, Lord, here to the people of God. We thank you for this lovely building. And we praise thee, Lord, for all you have done here <coughs> for the congregation and for your servant here as well as being ministering in this house. Do bless him, him and his wife and family. Bless the people of God here in their witness and testimony. May many precious souls be saved and added on to the kingdom, and brought in, Lord, from round about the whole area. May great things be done. Lord, we are encouraged tonight as we think, Lord, of thee, our God and our Saviour, and what the Lord can do. Lord, we of ourselves can do nothing, but we bless thee tonight 
for our risen head, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank thee, Lord, that he has not changed. Jesus the same yesterday, today and forever. Bless us tonight. May the word of testimony be blessed to some heart in the meeting. O God, we ask in thy name glorified. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. 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 Now I want to share a few words of testimony tonight. Now I'm not a priest. Uh, (laughs) I never have been a priest. But you know, every believer, as I was thinking there, every believer tonight is a priest. We read there in Peter, don't we? Kings and priests unto God. And as priests, New Testament believers, we are saved to offer up praise and thanksgiving unto him. The sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving unto the Lord. And that, of course, is the privilege of every believer. We cannot but praise him. Offer the sacrifices of praise for what he has done for us for his great mercy, and for his goodness in saving us. And praise God tonight for the Lord Jesus Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us. If you're not saved tonight in the meeting, God is able to save you. The Lord is able to save you and bless you and give you life, life eternal, and life everlasting. Now you know the greatest The greatest calling in the whole world tonight, brethren, the greatest calling in the whole world is to be a Christian, a believer. That's the highest. That's the greatest privilege that any individual can have or experience. You perhaps may have thought it was the calling to be a preacher. Yes, that is a great privilege and a great calling. But the first thing of importance is that of being a believer, a Christian. To know the Lord Jesus Christ, to be saved, and to live for him in this world in which we are. And it's a sinful world, we all know that tonight. We live in a sinful age. What a privilege it is to be a Christian. And to live for the Lord and to represent him in this world of darkness in which we're in. But you know, if you're not saved tonight, you're lost. That's the condition that you're in. And what an awful condition it is for any individual to be in, to be lost. If the Lord were to summon you into his presence tonight, where would you be in eternity? I want you to think about that. Where would you be in eternity? There's a heaven and there's also a hell. I know here in this congregation, in this pulpit, you hear preaching about heaven and you'll be warned also about hell. There is a hell. I was thinking of the words of old Bishop Ryle. He said it is not possible to speak too much about the Lord Jesus. But he said, it is possible to speak too little about hell. Let us be warned. It's a reality. It's a truth that is in the word of God. If you're saved tonight, saved by his grace and redeemed by precious blood, 
You're on your way to heaven and to glory. But could I say it tenderly from my heart and I trust with feeling if you're not saved, you'll be lost in hell for all eternity. Think about it, young person or older person. And what an awful calamity that would be. And I think the need surely of the day, yes, men and women need to be warned about a judgment to come. And how awful it is to fall into the hands of the living God. I thank God tonight for salvation. And I praise God I'm saved by his grace and by his grace alone. Now it's a great privilege, isn't it, to sit under the ministry of the gospel. Do we appreciate it really in these times? You come here to this church, the gospel is faithfully preached. Uh, week by week, month after month, year after year. Brethren, what a great privilege it is to sit under the sound of the gospel, to hear the good news that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Now, I did not have that privilege as a young lad growing up. I didn't have the privilege of hearing that I needed to be saved and put my trust in Christ for salvation and for life eternal. I was completely ignorant of the way of salvation. Ignorant of the word of God. We had no Bible in our home, whatever. I'm sure every home here tonight has a Bible, and more than one. You may have several Bibles. Let us make good use of them even in our home with our family altar to make sure they're open and they're read for our children and that we have a time of prayer. Great privilege to have the word. I brought up in a Roman Catholic home way down the south of Ireland. We didn't have a Bible. Knew nothing whatever about the word of God. Ignorant of the word. Ignorant of the, light, of the way of salvation. No light whatever. From my earliest years, I was brought along to the chapel uh, every Sunday morning from the earliest days I can remember. My first memories there in the church with my mother and my sister Anne. And one of my first memories, as I often uh, tell people, I remember one Sunday morning, uh, I can just barely remember this, it was a very hot Sunday morning. And uh, I was sitting alongside my mother, and beside me there was a little old lady, and it was very warm, very humid, and the next thing she fainted. She fell off to one side in the seat, and that nearly scared the life out of me. I got an awful fright. I remember another Sunday, there was, um, there was a little old man here, <laughs> and... Um, he was, an, he, was, he was an elderly man. And of course, you know children the way they can stare. I don't know what was peculiar about this man, but I, I know I was staring away at him anyway. And uh, not used to seeing many old people at that time. I looked, looking away. And he said to me, he says, son, he says, do I owe you something? <laughs> so so I, quit. I quit my staring very quickly, I can tell you. But brought along to a chapel priest up on the altar saying mass. All said in Latin back in those days. I didn't even understand the word that was said 
for the most part. Baptized into the church of Rome. Brought along every Sunday. Hearing the same thing over and over. And back in those days, way down, that was way down in County Kilkenny, down there, a place near Castle Comer, where we were brought up. And every, that chapel at that time would have been packed out. Big gallery at the back, both sides. Packed out with people. But no preaching of the gospel. No explaining the way of life. No explaining to people how to be converted and to be saved. That's why I say tonight, it is a great privilege to sit under the ministry of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we're all aware tonight that the greater privileges we have, the more privileges we have, the more you'll have to answer for and to give an account for on that great day. The more light, the more responsibility. And there's no getting away from that. That was the rigmarole week after week, as I say, Knew nothing but uh, this kind of uh, an upbringing. And of course, it was really the worship of Mary and the worship of idols and the worship of the saints, depending upon a priest to forgive us our sins, having to go into a confessional box and confess our sins to a man. Thank God tonight for the man Christ Jesus. For our great high priest in heavenly places. Isn't that wonderful that we have such a mediator and such an intercessor tonight in Christ? That we can approach unto a holy God and call upon him in prayer. Oh, never let us forget to pray. One of the greatest things we can do on earth is to pray. Never give up on prayer. Yeah, maybe you have family tonight, loved ones that are not saved. It's easy to criticize them and, and finding fault everywhere at all times, but don't forget to pray for them because God answers prayer and God is able to save them. But you know, as I was thinking about this, there's a passage of scripture. So thinking about my testimony. There's a passage of scripture that ever comes to mind. That's Romans chapter 3. You see, there I was, a young lad in darkness. No Bible, no word, no light, no guidance, whatever. Depending upon a man. Depending upon sacraments. Depending upon Mary. Depending upon this one and the other one. But you know, as I was saying, I often think of Romans 3. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. There is none that seeketh after God, no, not one. That includes Romanists and Protestants alike tonight. There is none righteous, no, not one. We love to divide up our community into this section and the other section. We have the upper class, the middle class, the lower class. We have all sorts of classes. But you know, when we come to the word of God, it levels every one of us. 
No matter who we are, no matter where we come from, whether we're poor or rich, whether we're religious or irreligious, the fact of the matter is all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. How many dear souls sitting under the word, hearing Christ preached and him crucified, at the end are going to go out into a lost eternity. How, how sad that is and how awful that is. I remember getting ready for what we called our first communion and having to go and prepare for that. And it was a, a very, it was an awful, it was an awesome ordeal, men and women. Because in the Church of Rome, of course, which is an apostate church, doesn't preach the gospel. Doesn't preach the gospel. It's gone away from the word of God. This old age in which we, this age in which we live, this ecumenical age, all of coming together and all religions are one. I want to tell you something tonight. That the true church of Christ is the church that preaches the gospel and is faithful to the word and faithful to the Christ himself. And there's no light, there's no preaching in the church of Rome. Multitudes and multitudes of dear people sit under, sit under religion, but nothing to it. Nothing to it. And sad to say, many Protestants as well, hearing nothing. All talking about unity and one religion is as good as the other. What an awful delusion it is. What an awful delusion. That's why tonight I trust we prize and glory greatly in the preaching of the word. We were prepared for what they call the first Holy Communion as young people, children really, still at school. And uh, I remember uh, the teacher preparing us and so on and getting instructed on what to do and what not to do. But it was a very scary event because I remember on that Sunday, the first time we received the wafer. And of course, the Church of Rome, they believe that the wafer really con uh, contains the body and blood of Christ. That's what they believe. Christ is in the wafer. So we were told never, never to touch the wafer with our teeth because it would bleed in our mouths. That's what we were told. I remember going up, and I'm sure others were in the same condition, to receive this wafer. And scared it was put upon our tongues, and scared that my teeth would come into contact with it. Because you have visions of what would happen, this thing bleeding in your mouth. Of course it was all just a, what they call a fairy story. There was nothing to it, whatever. It was just nonsense. What a delusion, what darkness. And how awful when people get away, when any organization gets away, men and women, from the gospel and from the preaching of the word of God. So I trust tonight 
that even the young people here value greatly. The opening of this word and its exposition and its preaching week after week. That's the kind of an upbringing I had. I remember being at my grandparents, lived out in the country. And come six o'clock, we used to be down on holidays. We used to go down and we'd be playing around, you know. And uh, come six o'clock, we'd be called in. Myself and my sister and my brother, we'd be called in for the rosary. Grandparents are very religious. And they'd take out the rosary beads and all these prayers would start and we would have to kneel down. And of course, very often we'd be tithering and laughing and carrying on. And of course, we'd be taken by the ear and put out in the yard. And that was the end of that. But there they were praying, all going through all of these prayers. Faithful, never, never miss hardly. But dear Christian, have we got a family altar? Do we have a family altar in our homes? I trust we have. And let me encourage, I'm not here to criticize and to pick and find fault. I trust that if we haven't, we will have a desire for it to do so. As I said before, with our father and mother and children, and to open the scriptures and pray. Get the old television off. 98% of it is a load of rubbish anyway. Nothing in it edify on it for to. It only sets the believer back. I have no hesitation in saying that. Some interesting things, of course. But there's nothing there to edify. And how good it is to make time for the things of God. Went on through school and went on for confirmation and all the rest of it. But yet all the time, all the time in gross darkness and in ignorance of the way of salvation. Knew nothing at all about it. But you know, God in his mercy, God in his mercy hadn't forgotten about me. The first job I had was for a wee while with a, an old farmer, Church of Ireland man, in the village. And uh, it's amazing too that in this little village, there was a prayer union, a faith mission prayer union. And the people there met regularly for to pray for the area and to pray for souls. And God answered prayer. God answered prayer. You see tonight, don't forget it, God does answer prayer. The psalmist reminds us that his ear is ever open unto our cry. His ear is open unto our cry. Let us have confidence to pray and to call upon the God of heaven. He answers prayer. And my first job was with this Christian man. In fact, it was in his home. The little prayer meeting was held. He was saved. He would have been saved through the faith mission years and years back. They'd done a lot of missions way down the south of Ireland. I was in a faith mission for a time, and Brother Dave was in as well, going back many years ago. And we thank God for those days. Amen. And um, 
started to work for him. And he began to give me his testimony of how he was saved himself. And how he come to know the Lord. And this was all new to me. He explained it very well and very simply. As was by faith in Christ. The living Christ. By trust and faith in him. Not by religion or in Mary or in priest or Pope or anybody else. But in Christ. And he used to explain this to me. Many times. And I might as well tell you that I didn't take it too well because, and I'll tell you why. You see, it was drummed into us at school as young people that our church, the Roman Catholic Church, was the one true church. That was drilled into us. Now you might say to me tonight, well, there's been a bit of a change Attitudes have changed. And they don't believe that anymore. Well, you'd be very wrong. In fact, I was just looking at the Roman Catholic Catechism, the latest edition, a big, big one it is, just the other day. And that Catechism makes it crystal clear that they believe they're the one true church. And that admission into that church is by the sacraments and by baptism. And if any man says he's saved by faith alone, according to the counsel of Trent, let him be anathema. Let him be accursed. Beware of these things. We need to know these things. And they still believe that today. And we were taught that as, as children. We were the one true faith. Now, of course, when I heard this man, Church of Ireland man, Protestant man, telling me about the way of salvation, I rebelled against it. For as far as I was concerned, I was right and he was wrong. I was the, I was the right one and he was, the, he was the, the heretic. Not the other way around. That's what I believed. But nevertheless, that man, as I often say, did something very precious he sowed in my heart the seeds of the gospel. Are we sowers of the seed? Doing a bit of outreach? Here for the church? And where we live? A few gospel tracts? Invites? Sowing the seed of the gospel. We need to be sowers of the seed because it's a mighty seed. And it's God's seed, you see. It's the word. It's the word of God. That's what it is. And we never know. That word will not return void. Not, it's not the word of some newspaper or a magazine or of some politician. No, it's the living word of God. And brethren, it's a mighty word. It's a mighty word. So sow the seed. Of the gospel. And that man sowed the seed in my heart. I wasn't saved or converted then at all. Like a lot of young people got out into the world. And as Mr. McLaughlin mentioned there a few moments ago. I didn't get into drugs but I got into drink. And other rascality as well. 
And oh, how empty the whole thing is. How futile the whole thing is. All the drinking and the drugs and everything else. And the immoral living. And you know, when a man comes to die, when a person comes to die, these things will, are no use. He'll think nothing of them. He enjoyed them. Well, they claim to enjoy them while they're living, but I tell you there's no enjoyment in these things when you're on your deathbed. No enjoyment whatever. But many years passed by and I got into these things and nevertheless, never forgot the words of that dear man. And I remember a friend of mine still alive, Arthur Fendley, and I remember at home in, in my little village where I came from, going into the shop to buy cigarettes one day, bought my cigarettes and was coming out, and I met with, with Arthur for the first time. He gave me his testimony, how the Lord had saved him. And that was back in the mid-70s, 75. Just coming up to Christmas time. And I remember going to see him, and he prayed with me and opened the word, and I trusted the Lord that night. Amen. For I knew that my life was I'd done many things, shameful things. There's such a thing as a conviction of sin, you know. And you know why many people are not saved today? Because they're not convicted. Conviction has to come first. Conviction has to come first. I'm not going to go into another matter at all about... Uh, a lot of decisions that can be made. A whole lot of people can make decisions. And I have to say, whether you agree with me or disagree with me, I'm very slow in counting heads. Time proves it. Time. Time. Time will settle the matter. And if it's a work of grace and a work of God, yes, the dear person young person or older person, I, they may start, they may be very slow in going on, hardly anything seen for a while, but they go on. They go on. Let us be careful of mere decisions and nothing behind it. How deceitful the heart is and how deceitful the devil is. That's why the apostle says we're to examine ourselves, see whether we're in the faith or not. I got converted, went on slowly, and yes, it was slowly. Little by little, began to read the word and attend a little prayer meeting, little faith mission prayer meeting at home in the village. And thank God, I went on. Yes, I had to leave home because of pressure, but there's nothing wonderful about that. Thousands and tens of thousands of people have had to leave home for their testimony and for the gospel. Tens of thousands have been imprisoned. I was never imprisoned. Tens of thousands have been put to death. Tens of thousands of people had been exiled. Had to get out of their country altogether. Off to another land. But I had to leave home like many another one. There many... In fact, I was talking to a man recently down in Enniskillen. 
The man would have been Church of Ireland man before he was converted, and he says the hostility and the persecution was terrible from neighbours and from family. But we're not to be surprised at that. Listen, brethren, tonight, let me encourage you, wherever you work and maybe young people at school, you're, you're going to come up against that. There is reproach for the gospel, isn't there? There's something wrong if there's no reproach. A certain amount of it, at any rate. We're going to get it. There's going to be reproach. And as I say, I'm going to repeat it. There is something wrong with us if there's not a certain amount of opposition and reproach. If we're living for Christ and if we're a different people, we're going to get it. But the Lord was merciful, went into the faith missionist there and met Elaine. And she's, she's not from this part of the world. She's from over the water, Liverpool, Birkenhead. And that's where we met there in the Faith Mission Bible College. And the Lord has led us on. And then, thank God, many, many years ago, I came into the Free Church through the Reverend Hillis Fleming in Liverpool. It was a great help and encouragement to me. Where do you stand tonight, dear soul, in this meeting? Where do you stand with the Lord? I spoke a moment ago about hell. I wish I could speak about it with real, with a broken heart that I ought to have. And with more tenderness. I was thinking of the words of the Savior. When he said, but rather, rather fear him which is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. In hell. You see, today the whole drift of things is, don't worry, Jesus loves everybody. Oh, thank God tonight for the love of Christ, the tender love of the Savior. And again, we have it in the book of Acts, and with this I close because I've gone over my time. Acts chapter 12 and in the verse 36, Acts chapter 12, and in the verse 36, here again we have uh, this warning brought before us. Acts 12, and the verse 36. That's the wrong verse I have down, the wrong chapter, but it's speaking it is speaking on the same theme, on the same thing, of condemnation and of hell. But praise God tonight, praise the Lord tonight, that there is a way to be saved. There's a way of deliverance. There's a way of salvation. And it is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved we must be saved that's the good news of the gospel and you're invited freely to come and to trust the Lord and to receive the gift of life eternal that's the invitation given to you tonight and the Lord invites you. There's forgiveness of sins. There's mercy with God. 
And thank God there's a home in heaven. There's life everlasting. Life eternal. Oh, dear soul, trust the Lord. As I said from Romans chapter 3, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that seeketh after God, left to himself. But whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And God is able to save you this instant and this night. Come to him. Come to him and receive that great blessing that the Lord freely offers without money and without price. May the Lord bless these few words of testimony to us tonight.